Hey everyone, this is Eric, and welcome to the CBC Podcast Behind the Pulpit. This Sunday, we continued our series called Kings, and Pastor Brandon talked about the Davidic Covenant. Today, I'll be joined by Brandon to discuss Sunday's message. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Thanks for listening. All right, I'm here with Brandon again. Brandon, welcome. Hey. Cool. Well, thanks so much for uh, speaking uh, this past Sunday, and you took a, you know, I handled a, a, a challenging topic and covering the covenant aspect in this series and uh, before we get into the message i just wanted to ask you what were some of your thoughts heading into the message what were your kind of the goal of what you wanted to accomplish what are some of the challenges when you're taking on something that's that's so heavy theological yeah yeah it was it was it was a little bit nerve-wracking i mean for one thing um it's the davidic covenant right and i mean that that means different things to different people, but there's like a weightiness to something that's so, you know, so crucial to the biblical story. And then I, I guess just for me personally, I've never totally understood like why it was so important. And, you know, I always got like, okay, Abraham makes sense. I get it. Moses makes sense. I get it. like all, all these co- the covenant with Adam, like, they all kind of fit into my paradigm of what what God is doing in the story. And then just the David thing, it was it it never quite fell into place for me. Mm. And so it was cool because I think within this kind of paradigm of of kingship and God as king and this this larger story that that we've been talking about, it it all kind of clicked. Mm-hmm. And so there was this whole anxiety of one is the Davidic covenant. And two, like, oh, I get it, <laughs> you know, and, and I want people to understand yeah. this. And, and like, you know, you just have those moments where, where as you see, like, something come together, whether it's in the Bible or just reading a book or watching a movie and there's that aha moment. Yeah. And, you know, that was really cool for me in, in the prep. And so wanting to communicate that well was... It was definitely like it. It definitely added a lot of extra weight. Uh, it added a lot of extra length too. <laughs> I, I was thinking about this like all day Sunday of like, you know, after the message, and it was long. You know, I didn't want to like at the benediction be like, "Hey, sorry for the long message," because it's kind of like a sorry, not sorry. Yeah, like I knew yeah. it was going to be long, mm-hmm. but I thought to myself, "I'm going to say this in the podcast because the podcast is the place for <laughs> yeah. it." Like, guys, I'm sorry it was so long because. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like I, I, I knew I wanted to say a lot, but it's also like we want to be respectful of people's yeah. time, and so I knew it was long. I was aware of it. If you had somewhere to be that day, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that that was part of just that whole conversation of like, man, this is so cool, and I, I want I want this to make sense. Mm-hmm. And if it's yeah. long, if it's a little bit, if it's a little bit heavy that's kind of the cost of like, Oh, look at, look at what's going on here. Yeah. 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 I think it's, it's hard sometimes to see that. I mean, I love what you just described of you're taking something you want to communicate it truthfully, like just theologically what it is in a very understandable way. But there's also this like, aha, how it connects. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And I think some messages, it's not like we want to go long. We want to, you know, on purpose, <laughs> yeah. but you want to handle the material faithfully. 
and certain situations. And we try our best not to when we want to respect people's time. And, but I think in this situation, you know, it's hard for me to envision where you could have cut. Mm -hmm. Right. Because you're covering so much. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the thing is right. Like, because the content is so important. It's like, I, and I went through it, you know, and obviously like, you know, it's, it's, it's not just like, I want people to understand this information. I want people to feel it and I want people to like be able to apply it. And so there's so many different considerations. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know, like I'm just, everyone who's listening to this podcast knows I'm not good at keep, keeping <laughs> messages short. So like no real surprise, but at the same time, like, yeah, you're right. Like it's never our intention to like, uh, you know, we want people to be bored or frustrated. I, I'm not going to name any names, but there was one, uh, somebody who I know who I, he's in high school, but his eyes were just rolling in the back of his head <laughs> during second <laughs> service by the like, by the like 40 minute mark. I felt so bad for him, <laughs> but you know, yeah, I mean, we, mm-hmm. we get it, but there's also like, like, this is, this is good. And you know, what's, what's 10 minutes for, yeah. for what God wants to say to us. So it does go to say that, Hey, we see everything <laughs> yeah. when we're on stage. <laughs> you may not think so, but yeah. we see everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. For the most part, first service, I was like, okay, I know this is long, but people are like, for the most part, you know, interested in what's going on. <laughs> Second service, there were just a couple of, I'll just say younger people who are like, <laughs> dude, Get off the stage, man. I want to go eat. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's too funny. Um, Going back to that aha moment, you know, I want you to kind of talk about that. Like what, what, what about it was the aha? What did you learn? Um, Just in general, go ahead and dive into the Davidic covenant. Mm -hmm. You know, I think obviously those were at church on Sunday. We heard you, we heard you walk through it. Um, but I think for our listeners and even for those who may have listened Sunday, who are still trying to kind of understand it, you know, I thought this is a great platform to just kind of dive into it deeper. And, and yeah, I'm just intrigued about what was the aha thing for you that you didn't know before that you know now. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to try to like communicate this in a way that makes sense and and you have plenty of time because people could just pause it on the podcast they could pause it and come back later so (laughs) take your time (laughs) yeah if you were bored on sunday just skip this part so i think the the thing i always understood about the davidic covenant was okay so jesus is supposed to come from the line of david Mm -hmm. right like and that's that's one of the things that the bible goes out of its way to show the question I always had was like, like, why is that important? Hmm. Like what, like, you know, like if you just kind of work backwards and think about it, it's like, okay, Jesus is supposed to come from David because that's what the Bible says. But like, but why? Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like it makes sense. You know, again, like going back to like Abraham, like that covenant makes sense. Like that you're going to be great and bless the nations. Mm-hmm. Totally makes sense. Like Moses, like I'm going to be your people. Or you're, I'm going to be your guide. You're going to be my people. I'm going to dwell with you. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to, and then Joshua, I'm going to show you this land. Like it all kind of flows. And then it's just like, David, you know, this, this guy is going to come from your line. Mm. And that's kind of like, you know, that, that's not even super clear in that covenant that kind of gets picked up more a little bit in prophets and stuff. And so the hard, the hard part I always had was why, 
And then what does this have to do with the rest of what's happening? It almost kind of seems like a tangent. Mm-hmm. Like here's what I'm building. And then by the way, David, who's like great guy, yeah. good king, you know, how is how is Jesus picking up the legacy of David? Because mm. right, like if if you're not thinking about things in terms of what God is doing through Israel, Jesus is doing something completely different mm. than David. You know, if if you're not if you're not building that continuity, yeah. And so the aha for me was seeing that connection between the Davidic covenant and the Abrahamic covenant, hmm. and then by association the Mosaic covenant, the covenant with Adam, and then you know how that connects to Jesus. And so the whole like I will make your name great, and and then th- I didn't include this, but later on in the passage, so there's the covenant. And then after that, David's prayer, mm-hmm. which is his response to the covenant. And he makes that connection with between the, the covenant God just made with him and Abraham even more explicit. Oh. He basically says, God, fulfill your promise so that something like, like our name will be great. And the nations will say that the almighty God is Lord over Israel or mm. something. Like that. It's like literally like... Yeah. Do this, God, so that your promise to Abraham comes true. And so what's clear in David's response is like he gets that connection. And so once you have that connection between Abraham and David, then you start to understand why um, why God allows there to be a kingdom, right? So that's mm-hmm. another question of like when Israel says we want a king and that's not God's plan, why does he allow it? Well, he's he's creating like kind of a model for what the church can be later. Yeah, wow. And Israel doesn't fulfill that, but he's saying right here, your descendants or this this offspring is gonna create a house and that house is gonna establish my eternal kingdom, right? And so mm. that it all kind of like now makes sense when you put it all together of like Abraham, this people is gonna be a great nation. David creates this great nation. They never never fulfill that promise made to Abraham. And so when you get to the church, you've got this offspring who creates a house, mm. this community that can fulfill that promise. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So I know it's no, I know that's it's convoluted, awesome. but like that the the continuity of the story there is like, whoa, man, like this is kind of amazing, you know? And, and I think that's the part that I never really understood. And, and, and it's the part that I, I just don't think is super explicit mm-hmm. when we talk about scripture period Yeah, is like, I knew enough to know the Davidic covenant is a big deal, but it had never been like kind of communicated to me in an interesting way. And so, um, yeah, once I started to pull on that, like, kingdom king thread Mm -hmm. like everything kind of came together and there's this commentary um on second samuel by a guy named john woodhouse that's really good and he just kind of like lays this all out in a really like compelling manner and yeah i I was like kind of searching for stuff and studying stuff i like bought that commentary on tuesday because i read like the sample of it on amazon i was like and and I had that aha moment. Mm. I was like, okay, I have to buy this commentary now because <laughs> yeah. like it just it just all came together. Yeah. And so, yeah. So I I think that's the big part is that seeing David as this true midpoint between 
Abraham and Jesus mm-hmm. and the link between everything that we see in this story is kind of amazing. And mm-hmm. and then seeing how that impacts how we view ourselves as the church mm-hmm. is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, without giving anything away, it seems like it's providing a clear framework of what Jesus is going to come and do, right? In in the narrative, Mm -hmm. right? By understanding what the Davidic covenant is about and what God is doing, it it does give clarity, insight into, okay, the next one or Jesus, when he comes, it's not just to be a nice guy. It's not just to to love people. It's it's to build something, right? To fulfill something. Yeah. And, And when we get there, what we'll see is like when we, when you look at the way Jesus talks about himself, and his self-revelation of who he is and what he came to do, he's interpreting his mission and his ministry through that lens completely. Mm. And that's some of the stuff that we miss because we're not thinking about the Davidic covenant. We're not thinking about the Abrahamic covenant. We're not thinking about this whole kingdom story. But when you look at Jesus through that lens and you look at certain passages that you think you know and you think, oh, I understand what this is about, but then you try to think about, well, actually, what is Jesus really saying? Mm-hmm. Not like, what's the Sunday school version I yeah. know of this, but what's he really saying? It's like, oh, that there's something more here. And then you start to look at passages that you kind of have ignored. Because mm-hmm. it's like, well, that doesn't <laughs> really make sense, you know? And, and what's Jesus going on about here? Well, that doesn't fit. Well, he's got to mean something. Well, I'm not going to worry about that. That's more for that time. Yeah you can find a lot of passages like that where you realize, Oh no, 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 this, this is actually really important Mm -hmm. to his mission. We just can't fit it into this box of how we've kind of like simplified his message. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we're not going to try to kind of turn the whole gospel upside down, but I think there's a lot of what he's saying and what he's doing that we haven't, we haven't given the weight it deserves. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be cool. I'm excited yeah. for that part of the series. Well, that's a great plug for uh, what's coming ahead. Mm-hmm. It's going <laughs> to be really good. Yeah. So diving into the, the passage itself, um, I love what you described or what you called the God let's chill <laughs> syndrome or disorder or something. Right? <laughs> there like, was God, the syndrome and then the other one let's was chill. disorder. Oh, that's right. God let's chill. And really what I found was so interesting is the context that this covenant comes out of, I mean, beyond the broader, you know, history. Yeah. Um, is David wanting to build a house for God? That sounds very noble. Mm-hmm. That sounds very honorable and just kind of fit with our understanding of David so far. Like this is something that, you know, yeah, he's always trying to glorify God. He's always trying to, you know, but to kind of see those underlying kind of tones too of like oh interesting like this proclivity to just i think i've i think i've done it yeah i've accomplished it and this is kind of like the icing on the cake um how did you come like what how did you come about that because i was so in awe of just like wow that i never saw that yeah yeah but i think it's so important to kind of see that as not the framework, but just it's interesting that that's the context that the covenant then yeah, comes through. Yeah, right? yeah. Where through the prophet, God's like, uh, actually. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. What's interesting is I, I only happened upon that 
because initially, so this is some behind the scenes stuff. This sermon was supposed to be about David bringing the ark to Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. So that was the main text. And then you were going to do the same message that you're doing this week. Yeah. And then we were going to end the series with the covenant, kind of this high point. But as I was studying the ark passage, what I realized was that it was part of this larger narrative that's completed at the covenant Mm. that to take the ark is kind of like stopping in the middle of the story because you have David becomes king. Yeah. um, He defeats the Philistines. He brings the ark back and then covenant. And there's this whole celebration of the ark, which has been used. I've done this. Plenty of people have done it as a picture of like, well, worship Mm -hmm. David, like worships God. And he's, he's, and it's, it's a great picture of worship, the undignified yeah. worship of David. But then you realize that that's, that's kind of a, a segue into what's happening in, um, yeah, at the beginning of the covenant passage. And so as I was studying that, all that covenant or the ark stuff, it was, it just kind of hit me then and that that settled in his palace phrase and mm-hmm. kind of studying that a little bit. It was like, Oh, okay. Like there's a reason why he's so celebratory and, and, and there is just kind of this aspect of David. That's again, that you, you feel that like doneness of mm-hmm. like these three things in a row that he's done that are like awesome. And it's not really a knock so much as like, it, it's kind of human nature. Yeah. It's like, defeats the philistines like oh that's a big deal brings the ark back oh yeah yeah, i see what he's doing there and it's like and and when you think about david as this representative of of israel like kind of the perfect israelite Mm -hmm. you know in every sense it makes sense that he would miss that because that's basically the story of israel is that they just never understand that purpose and that's really you know, when you get to the prophets and you get to like, you know, we're actually going to talk about this a little bit in the next couple of weeks or in two weeks, but like, that's, that's basically God's final judgment of mm. Israel is like, Hey, you guys, you guys didn't do what I, what I said, yeah. you know? And so I, I always kind of knew that going in that, that this series would have to get there eventually, mm-hmm. right? That Israel, as much as, you know, we can admire some of the things that they've done. They, they didn't get it right, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and so I had that idea in the back of my head that looked like David's David doesn't rise above that fray mm-hmm. because yeah. if he did, then the high point of Israel would be, they fulfill the Abrahamic covenant. Yeah. But the high point of Israel is just all this national stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of all that David and Solomon ever really represent. Yeah. It's like, okay, there are moments where they're really powerful. There are moments where they're really close to God. But you never actually see Israel, the missionary community, mm-hmm. you know? And so, um, yeah, so there's all that kind of background yeah. going on. And then, yeah, and then just happened upon, again, that Woodhouse commentary is really good and kind of pulling apart that idea of being being settled and stuff. And so, um yeah, it it actually hit me in a in a funny way on a run. Hmm. <laughs> I was running and I was thinking about it and I stopped and I wrote in my notes this whole like kind of God let's chill thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just standing there on, on a sidewalk on the side of the road like, okay, I think this is something. And like 
I don't know, like 80% of the time I'll get back from the run. I'll look at my notes and just be like, dude, what are you, <laughs> what is this supposed to be? You know, yeah. like, but in this case, it was like, it was a good, I think it was a good insight. Yeah. Yeah. That was a really good insight. And I think it's so um, applicable, right? Like you mentioned, it's sometimes it's human nature, right? Mm -hmm. to, to accomplish so much, to get to a point where you just feel like, and this is it, mm -hmm. you know, and and I thought that was such a powerful just to even to go there, right? And I think, I mean, so many of us can probably relate to that if we're honest, you mm -hmm. know, that there are certain aspects where we kind of, you get to a point, and I don't know if it's part of just getting older, part of living this part of the world where, you know, we do attain a lot, accumulate a lot, that it's easy to kind of, like, you know, just to kind of, take a breather and just to kind of exhale and say, I think, I think that's it. Mm -hmm. And even more what you said also was like to not just do that, but to want to do that mm -hmm. is yeah. even dangerous. That's kind you of know? the goal, right? Yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> I just want to work hard and invest and go all out. So that right. one day. Yeah. Yeah. You know? um, and I think that's the like mentality that prevents us from being generous. Mm -hmm. It prevents us from, stewarding our time for bigger things is that that's so that you know like you know uh, someone made a joke to me afterwards he was like so i guess uh retirement isn't biblical <laughs> and i was like no 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 retirement's okay right and you know and then and at some point there are things that you will stop doing mm -hmm. but just then it's this mentality of like well i have to get there and then that's that's what all this stuff is for that's what the blessing is for right is for this purpose and if you take that out and you say well look like i'm always i'm always going to be like receiving blessing and god's always going to be providing for me and giving me things and, and if i'm just continually like passing that on and continually using that to bless people like you're just going to view your life so differently mm -hmm. than like yeah. okay i I have to get the X amount of money and X amount of possessions and X amount of whatever. And so it's hard because there are realities of life we have to deal yeah. with, but it's like, that's, I think that weighs so heavily on how we view like the purpose, the telos of our life, right? It's like, well, what's your goal? Goal is to have enough so that you can have enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? yeah. <laughs> like, how many people in our church and us included, if you ask them, Hey, what's your goal? So I just want to, I just want to bless people, hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And like, but really if you're reading this story faithfully, it's like, well, that's kind of what it is. And then that changes everything, mm -hmm. you know? And so that's a huge culture shift, but it, if we don't take it seriously, we're just going to miss so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think it, just the the visual of the big crown little crown that i know we, we we're talking about a lot mm -hmm. but even in this conversation it, it's so practical right because yeah. our motive and our ability to keep going to keep giving to keep blessing to keep serving like it is going to come down to who's wearing the big crown yeah right because it, to the temptation is like you know i mean to want to wanna wear the big crown is not just to like okay i'm going to be god you know but to kind of put our well-being Mm -hmm. first yeah right and yeah. that's the the temptation and we see that i mean in the, even in someone like david where it's easy to fall into that yeah. and it's so easy for for us to to do that as well um and i know you talked about in the sermon 
but you know, for those who are listening, who are like, okay, like, yeah, I don't want that. Like, I, I don't want to get to that place where I'm like, God, let's chill. What are things we can do practically kind of day in and day out to um, not just guard us from that, but to keep us, you know, just pursuing and following, obeying, regardless of, of how much we accomplish, how old we get, yeah. uh, whatever happens. So, I mean, the first thing I would say is like, it's, it's just a process, you know, and, and to, to give yourself grace and not, I think the worst mistake is just sort of try to change everything right away. Mm. It's like, okay, I have to, to give all my money away. I have to go, you know, serve at a billion different places and, and, you know, and do this and this and this. And I think that's like, that's where we get into trouble of like, it's, you know, trying to quit cold Turkey, right? Like, and trying to, trying to change too much too fast. And I think like the thing that's been helpful for me at least has been just a- allowing God to lead us into those small steps, mm-hmm. you know, of like, you know, even thinking about like my family, right? Like, and I talked about that in the yeah. message of this, like, like God's been working on that in different ways, you know, for a long time, you know, it was like when we, uh, when Alyssa and I, bought our first condo like like 10 years ago there was just kind of this moment of like okay god gave us this to to be a blessing to our community so let's Mm. let's make sure we just have people over let's be real intentional about like making sure we're inviting people to our house Mm -hmm. you know whether that's like you know the youth small group i was leading or our our friends at church or whatever and we did an okay job of that not great Mm -hmm. and then it was like okay like you know, later on, it was the whole small group thing. And and even just the idea of like, we're going to give up time as a family and yeah. we're going to invite other people into our lives. Like, okay, that's, that's a part of opening up our, our family to what God wants to do. And, and then, you know, something like going with Nick to the, um, you know, the toys for Todd's, tr- you know, there are just yeah. little, little moments of faithfulness where it's easy to dismiss because it's little, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Or, or, or it's not as big as you think it should be. Yeah. But it's those little acts of faithfulness that we can pass off as like, well, this doesn't matter. It's like it really does matter because those are the moments when you train your heart and you train your mind to just be obedient. Mm-hmm. And you see God being faithful in small things and, and you need that, right? And so you start with just, you know, just take one part of your life one thing like give yourself the biggest softball possible and say okay i'm just gonna try to be obedient here Mm. and then over time like you've got a lot of life i mean most of us have a lot of life left you know we've got you've got at least a couple years 10 years decades and there's time for god to like redeem so many different parts of ourselves and that's i think the beauty of of our of our walks is that i don't think god's demanding all of it right away Mm -hmm. he's just he's just asking like hey right now in this thing let me bring this to your attention yeah you know for some of us it might be you know it it might look differently but you know don't try to do what i'm doing right now don't try to do what you're doing right Mm -hmm. now like do i'm pointing to eric don't try to do what eric (laughs) is doing right now (laughs) try to do what you know god is leading you to do even if it's it's small stuff and um you know one other thing too is is just to acknowledge the falseness of the other the other way of doing things mm. you know it's like um you know my best friend josh who 
he you know him and i dialogue about you know all this stuff and he said you know like the best question i think for people is they try to try to figure out how to like make these shifts towards living living for god's kingship is just like look at what you're doing and then just ask like how's that working out for you Mm. you know like really like how's it working out for you to to pursue this this rest and other things to pursue this god let's chill like do you ever feel chilled (laughs) you know do you ever feel rest and like do you really want to grind and struggle and stress out for 50 years so that when you're 70 you can finally be happy like how is that working out for you you know i don't want to do that Mm -hmm. you know i would rather spend 50 years being a blessing to people and like maximizing this potential I have for my life and my family and kind of like living on just the edge of, you know, what God wants me to do. And then if like 70s, like a little bit tougher and I don't get to go on that cruise or I don't get to yeah. like retire and, and have this awesome house or this awesome car, like, well, I'm going to be 70, man. And nothing against those of you who are yeah. 70. Right. But like, why would I, why would I live now for that? You know? And, mm-hmm. and I think that question of like, well, how's that working out for you now? And is, does that actually make sense to you? Mm-hmm. Like, and yeah. like just the whole thing of like, okay, so for your kids and like putting them through the ringer of like, you have to get straight A's so that you can go to like the most prestigious college. Like, how's that working out for your family? How's that working out for your relationship with your kids? How's that working for out for them as holistic people who, the goal of their life isn't to be smart or get a m- lot of money. Mm-hmm. Like you want them to be like functional people in the kingdom. Yeah. How's that working out for you? You know, mm-hmm. and like w- when we really kind of step back from what we think is what we're supposed to do and say, okay, this is actually good. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that, you know, I think I, I've just been blessed with like a relationship with Alyssa where we, we just talk about these things and like, mm-hmm. I don't ever I don't ever assume something is good mm. just because that's the way other people are doing it. And that makes us a little bit weird. And that, you know, like there are things that we choose to do or not do that, like have consequences for, you know, us being like a normal family. <laughs> but like at, at the end of the day, like those are our choices. And, mm-hmm. and, it, and, it, and at least like, we're doing it because we feel like that's what God wants us to do. And yeah. that's, a, that's a good place to be. So, yeah. I mean, it definitely takes a lot of faith to even ask those questions. Right. Because mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure there are some who are just pursuing comfort in other things and they're just sold. You know, they just think this is the best way to do it. Yeah. And there's probably others who, who aren't sure, but that's what everybody else is doing. Yeah. And you're just afraid that if I don't do it, what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, so I think even just to pause and ask those questions and to even let yourself consider an alternate path. Yeah. Um, is, you know, that requires a lot of faith. And I think, you know, hearing what God is doing in you and your family and, you know, and that's the other part is that as individuals and leaders and families and begin to take that step of faith and begin to live it out, then it presents another option. Yeah. That's very tangible. Yeah. You know, and I think um yeah, I mean I'm I'm excited for what God is doing in you and I told you this after the message Sunday, I went home, I told Amber and you know, I told you like 
regardless of when we did this series, you could have given this message and it would have been great. Like just the mm. ability to handle scripture, theology, I've always told you that. Yeah. You can do that in your sleep. But the timing of your life and how God has like shaped you. Right. Like the timing of it where you just go like, you know, I told Amber and I told you like to have you preach that where you're at now is so powerful, mm. you know, to, to, for you to stand up there and in light of like that, Hey, I don't want to chill. I want to move into like areas that are uncomfortable, scary things that five years ago, 10 years ago, I never <laughs> would have considered. It's yeah. like, you know, like you can't, we couldn't script that. Yeah. And like yeah. I said, the message would have been fine without that. Yeah. But to have it, you know, and I think you've alluded, you just did kind of some of the small steps that you've taken um, that it ended up being big steps. But, you know, I, I love this idea of, hey, give yourself grace. Don't try to do it all. Just focus on those little things. What are those things for you? Like, is it is it God speaking? Is it a voice? Are there thoughts? Mm. You know, like, because it's not who you were five years ago. Right. Right. So, or 10 years, whatever, but just you know, the idea might've come up before and you'd be like, no, (laughs) right? Like, no, thanks. I'm good. So what are those things that got you to begin doing those small little things that have now become big things? Yeah. I mean, I would say like the number one thing is just, is just relationships is Mm -hmm. being in genuine community with people who challenge me. And I think like the family one is, is a great example because it's like, you know, I I think like there are a lot of relationships in my life where I think I've been challenged in that way in, in, in good ways. And like, you know, I talk about my best friend Josh a mm. lot and it's like and how different we are, mm. like theologically and just in terms of like sometimes how the lens that we view life through. And I disagree with him all the time and we argue all the time, but it forces me to just ask questions of like, well, why do I do what I do? And and mm-hmm. they do it this way and we do it. And, and so I think like even looking at something like, you know, just this idea of like safe families, I think mm-hmm. like yeah. he's had a big impact on that. Like I think like 10 years ago we were talking and, and him and his wife someday want to adopt kids. Oh. And he was like, dude, like how come you guys don't want to adopt? And I was like kind of offended, like, cause I don't want to, man. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like, it's a, it's a calling and he's like, okay, that no, no, that's, that's cool. And just, just wondering. And then I just thought about that question. I was like, okay, well, why don't I want to? And, you know, and, and just that idea of like, okay, well, our family is blessed. Just like their family is blessed. And like, I don't want to do that, but I don't want to do the opposite of that, which is just, mm-hmm. you know, kind yeah. of be selfish with our family. And, um, yeah, I think about like my relationship with Nick and like, kind of conversations that him and I have had about family and he's talked about kind of this phrase like you know that like idolatry of family you know Mm. and it's one of those things that he'll talk about that and I'll hear that and he's one of my best friends and I'll be like no man screw that you know like that's (laughs) not a thing family's the most important thing and but then you got to take that stuff that offends you a little bit and 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 you don't agree with and say like well okay is there any truth to that Mm -hmm. and then unpack that and be like okay yeah you know what actually if I'm being honest, that's sort of a thing. Mm. And I have to reckon with that. And so I think it's opening yourself up to 
to voices that disagree with you. Yeah. You know, we talked about the, at the, that at the small group experience, the 10 commandments of community. Yeah. And one of them was be open to God speaking through other people. And we're not that good at that. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah. But I think a lot of times it doesn't mean we do what other everything that other people say, but it's like to hear things we disagree with and ask the question, okay, uh, let me at least, let me at least give this a shot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And there are moments, my reaction to stuff is always like the most prideful possible thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'll just be honest about that. Like I always, one of the struggles I have is that I always think I'm right. But I think because I've become more aware of that, it's forced me to like really, really be intentional about like, okay, are you wrong? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, are you sure that this thing that you hold to be true is right? Because you've been wrong a lot and you thought you were right, mm-hmm. you know? And so I don't know. I mean, that's, that's one thing for me. I don't think that's how it's going to work for mm-hmm. everybody, but I think that the foundation of all of that is having a firm grip on, you know, on scripture and, and yeah. what's like just the basic story, mm-hmm. right? So if you have this basic idea of like, okay, here's here's what God wants for my life and here's what I'm doing. Am, am I in alignment with that? Okay, this person said this, which I disagree with, but is that actually more in alignment with this this thing than I am? Yeah. And if so, doesn't mean I have to do exactly that, but how can I move in that direction? Mm-hmm. And so it's like this humility to be open to how God might be challenging you to just small steps closer. I think that's huge. You know, like Mm -hmm. we're so good at just like my way is good. I decided this is how I'm going to do things. I'm going to stick with it. I don't want to admit that that person over there who Mm -hmm. they do this and this and this, and they don't know anything that that person might be right. Yeah. That my person might be doing it better than me. Yeah. So, yeah. No, that, that's so helpful because, you know, there's obviously the components of like God can speak and hearing his voice and special moments where God just reveals something. And so I'm not discounting that. And I think sometimes it's overwhelming and we feel like, oh, gosh, like, OK, in order for me to like keep up with what God's doing and be on the forefront, I got to like hear these things. And and obviously, yeah, let's listen and, you know, allow God to speak. But just something so tangible, practical is like. Just have conversations with people who are doing it differently. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like you're not making a, a, a judgment or statement on who's right, who's wrong, what's good, what's bad, but just putting yourself around people who just do it differently and not being afraid to engage. And, and I mean, that part, it's so tangible that everybody can do that. Yeah. Until I start there and to see if God will speak that way, right? And just yeah. put something on your heart to just, give you an idea, make you wrestle with something. And you're blessed to have two friends, you know, at least two friends that can do that for you. But I think we all know people who are living life differently. Yeah. And, um, you know, it just, it hit me recently too. Like the older I'm getting, how easy it is to kind of just stick with like-minded people. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just, I don't think it's an intentional choice we make. But, you know, when we talk with someone who's disagreeing with us, you know, like you just kind of naturally go, I don't want to do that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to go with people that I agree with. And over time, we begin to kind of form these bubbles where we're just with like minded people. And there's nothing wrong with that. But to be intentional in stepping out. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And just 
engaging in that conversation, doing life with people who are different. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about why. I mean, just the idea of joining different small groups, mm-hmm. right? Doing life with different people, and that's a, a practical way to do that. So, yeah, I mean, it's so insightful for you to share that. Um, yeah. And, and to see, like, yeah, I mean, so much of, like, how God has been moving, it just begins with those conversations. Yeah. And obviously there's a, a humility that I, you're, you're talking about, just a willingness mm-hmm. to even consider what someone else is saying. But I love that starting point of just, hey, have those conversations. And yeah. don't, you know, don't run away from people you disagree with. Yeah. Yeah, and just an addendum to that, I think that's important to note is, like, this sounds so cheesy, but people who are different than you, who love Jesus, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> you yeah. know, you can yeah, yeah, you true. can go Good in the point. wrong Good direction, point. right? Yeah. But I, I think that's the big thing. I was like, look, like, my theology might be su- super different from Josh, and there are things I don't agree with, but I know he loves Jesus. I know he's trying his best to follow Jesus. You know, same with Nick for sure, and. And I think one of the problems is one, we spend a lot of time around like-minded people. Yeah. But a lot of times, like, and this isn't to say we shouldn't have non-Christian mm-hmm. friends, but like, the voices that we're most immersed with are the ones who are, who are saying, "You should do it this way. You should settle in." And I think like we underestimate how much our mindset, the way we view life is so influenced by just whatever context and community we're in. Yeah. I was thinking about this the other night. Um, it's, I mean, this is a s- total side note, but like I was just like my political views. And, and for a long time I was reading this particular website that was pretty like on the liberal side, not a, not a Christian website at all. It's just blog. And then that blog got shut down. So I don't read it anymore. And it's crazy in the like last several months as I just don't read that, don't not exposed to that at all. How much it's like this fog of like what I of hmm. being lifted and, and me coming back. To, okay, here's what I here's what I really think. But if you're just constantly reading this narrative and it's like, yeah. well, pff, duh, this is how it should be. You're like, oh, I guess that's how it is. Otherwise, I'm in, I'm dumb. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean. And how. It's, it's just easy for us to get lost in someone else's story, mm-hmm. you know? And so if you spend a lot of time around people who are just saying one thing, it's, it's no surprise that, you know, we're going to start saying that thing. And, and that's literally kind of like mm-hmm. the story of Israel, right? And the Canaanites and that, like, again, it's not to say that we shouldn't be engaged with other people, mm-hmm. but we've got to be in control of the story. You know, so we've got to be in such tight knit community together that we have a firm grasp on like, hey, this is where we're at. And like the primary voices in our lives should be other believers Mm -hmm. like it just should. And then we have to go out and we have to be telling our story to other people, not going out on our own, disconnected from the church and allowing other people to like have their stories influence us. But I think that's a more honest version of what church looks like now Mm -hmm. is we're not super connected to Christian community. We're not really talking, disagreeing with each other, dialoguing, struggling through this stuff, but we're doing that with people who, who don't know Jesus. And so it's like, and look, that's a high bar, right? Mm -hmm. Have really good friends who are Christians 
who disagree with you, but who you still really love. Yeah. But that's basically the New Testament. (laughs) (laughs) That's basically the kind of community that Jesus is calling you to build. Yeah. And it's no wonder that we struggle is because what our community looks like is is nothing like what the New Testament community did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's so good. And I and I love how it comes out of the context of this covenant, you know, having this conversation because I think it can feel heavy. Like mm-hmm. what we're telling is like, hey, don't don't stop, don't ever quit, just keep going, keep and there there's truth to that, but to be reminded of like it comes out of this, you know, beautiful passage where David is like, God, let's chill. Like mm-hmm. And God is saying, I have so much more yeah. that you have yeah. no idea. And if that can be true of David, who's just established a kingdom that is thriving, is defeated his enemies, has a beautiful palace. Only thing he can think of is building God a temple. And to God to say, you have no idea yeah. how much more I want to do yeah. and I will do. And if we can kind of put ourselves in that context... And to say, hey, all this stuff that we're talking about, it's not, you know, because we're just, you got to prove to be a better Christian. You got to earn it. You got to, it's like, right. God just wants to do so much more. Yeah. And we get to experience more. We get to receive more. We get to, you know, if we're willing to, to not settle. Yeah. 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 And, and I think like it's, it's an important part of it is like, rejecting God let's chill doesn't mean you can never like just enjoy your life. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's not like, Hey, been sitting on your couch for 10 <laughs> minutes there. Um, yeah. I don't think that's what God would want for you. It's just, just more this mentality, right. Of like, like you can enjoy things. You can, you can have seasons of rest, you know, like that's, I mean, God invites us to better rest than anyone does, mm-hmm. right? But it's a different kind of rest. Yeah, God calls us to a different kind of enjoyment, and it's it's better, but but it's it's different, right? Mm-hmm. And, it, and it might look harder to us, but I think to believe like it's it's better. We can still have lives that are enjoyable, that are fulfilled. It's just not having them that, that mentality of like, yeah. let me get here so that like I can just. It's kind of like, I, I think about this, <laughs> I almost drew another picture of like, you know, a circle with the arrows pointed in or a circle with the arrows pointed mm-hmm. out. You can still build, you can still acquire, you can still do stuff, but like, are the arrows pointed in or the arrows pointed out? And I think that's like the difference between God, let's chill yeah. and God, let's bless, God, let's go, God, let's mm-hmm. share or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, well, I appreciate you just expounding on passage to to take a difficult topic like that. And um, that's, you know, very heavy theologically in understanding the big, the picture of what's going on, but also so practical. Um, And I think we can all connect to that and say, Hey, I think we all have wrestled with that and areas in our life where God's saying like, let's go. Yeah. Come on. You know, like I got something great in store. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, with that being said, is there anything else that, you want to touch on from this past Sunday, anything? Um, no, I mean, I would just say like, you know, we had said at the beginning of this series, right? Like stay connected to, you know, come to church, listen to the Mm -hmm. podcast, like, and we're entering that phase now where 
in the next few weeks, right? Like we're really going to begin to connect some dots. The Jesus part of the series is starting uh, in three weeks. And that's where like, like look like literally how we envision discipleship at our mm-hmm. church. That's what's going to start. That picture is going to start to come together, right? Like right mm-hmm. now it's all, you know, we're, we're creating the framework and we're touching on those themes and, you know, it's, it's still very practical, but it's going to be spelled out in a way that I think is, is really important if, mm-hmm. if CBC is, is your home, you know? And, and so again, obviously people are busy and people travel, right? So it's like, if you, if you miss, listen to the sermons online, but man, th- again, these next few months are, are going to be really big. So stay connected, show up, be a part of this. Yeah, it's going to really define who we are yeah, right, and where we're sure. headed. So, yeah. um, Cool. Hey, thanks. Thanks so much for joining me and being here again, as always. And I uh, want to thank you all for listening. Hope you enjoy the podcast. <laughs>